Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Welcome to Kill Me Now. I'm Judy Gold, your host, and there I have a co-hosty person who sits not allowed to talk, Lauren Hennessy. Um, and we're here today with Christian Finnegan. Hi, Christian. Oh my gosh. Hello. Hi, how are you? It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, Christian. You know. Wow. That is a classic smattering. Yeah. It, as a Jew, I love the it's name like a Christian. a Tuesday night at Stand Up New yeah. York. Yeah. Oh, um, that's your next album. Hey, Black and Catholic, stop it. <laughs> Sorry, boss. <laughs> I'm not ready for you to talk yet. I love you. So, uh, Christian. Yes. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, my gosh. Kill Me Now. Now, Try and stop me. uh, Christian, you know the Kill Me Now is is a podcast about what pisses you off. Yep. Because I don't know if you've known me for a long time, and I happen to be pissed off a lot. Yeah. It's your brand. What do you mean, my brand? (laughs) It's where I it's how I grew up. I I grew up in a house of pissed off people. One of the things that I've always 
been jealous of certain comedians, Mm -hmm. you being one, is that your personality and your comedy are so firmly aligned in the same direction Mm -hmm. that I don't feel that... Like Bill Burr is another one of those guys where it's just like, oh, your natural way of talking is stand-up right. comedy in the right. same way that yours is. And so there isn't – I mean obviously what you do on stage is, is punchier. You're right. adding tags, punchline structure, right. et cetera and so forth. But you're still the exact same person and you're perceived as such. Right. I have always kind of been a bit of a tweener in that sense. Because yeah, but I, it has – I mean sometimes it doesn't help me because I'm also an actor and – you know, I've done other things, and people think, "Oh, she can't do this because right. that." But and it's it's the difference between true. being like a an actor that disappears into a role right. and a Robert De Niro, who's always going to be Robert De Niro, or right. Jack Nicholson, like right, Jack right, Nicholson right. does Jack Nicholson. Right. You know? Yeah, it's uh, we talked about this before. The 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 act the the one of the things that pisses me off is that they use the word brave for actors all the time. It was a very brave. Like <laughs> if, a, if a straight actor plays a gay. Yeah. Or had to lose weight or, you know, whatever. It, so brave. They, yeah. They were, you know, and they're getting paid billions of dollars and they were so brave. And I know what they're going for. But right. the word they're looking for, I think, is vulnerable. You know, I think that, you know, a good actor, you know, that it, yes, there's... allows themselves to, to... To be in a raw, open space right. and to be able to operate in that right. emotional state. May, may I? May I join oh, the conversation, Oh, God, boss? what? Um, okay. I think that they give actors way too much credit. They really should be crediting the writers for yes. the brave and vulnerable writing. Because but as also an actor, the no, director and the director, yes. But the right, I mean, the actor. All your job is to do is to communicate from the writer to the audience. You're a mouthpiece. You're a model that is supposed to wear the clothes and let the clothes shine. So you wear the words. You let the words in the story shine. They don't see you. Okay. They see the all character. Right. That is done. not a brave actor. That is a person doing their job. Okay. Thanks a lot. And I really appreciate that. Anytime, boss. Okay. So um, I uh, I have a lot of things that I'm pissed off. First yes. of all, let's start. Is there anything that is pissing you off? See, that's what I, I guess I was sort of alluding to is that I am way angrier in real in reality than I think people assume. Right. But you are – are you a wasp? No, I grew up Irish Catholic. Okay, so there is a lot I know, of anger. I know to Jews that means the same thing. but it's- Right, you know, like I have my friend Kate Moira Ryan who, you know, it's like I just wait for the nasty vitriolic email to come over something ridiculous – you know, and no, I'm that, just yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm more yeah. about stifling it. You know, keep it, keep it under wraps, keep it under wraps, and then let it explode. Right, and then have an explosion. Yeah. I do the explosion. I yeah. do, and I feel bad after the explosion. You know, what's amazing is I'll have the explosion, and I feel like I've worked out, or you know what I mean. I, I'm the fucking host. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what that was. <laughs> it's cathartic. Yeah, it really is. And they say people who do, <clears throat> they say people who explode actually live longer than those who hold everything in. <laughs> Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah, it's like it's like if you constantly have to, I don't know, poop. <laughs> you're letting you're, out the poison. Yeah, if you're holding it in or uh, like when you sneeze, if you try to swallow that sneeze, that's be- worse uh, for you than just letting it, right, letting it out. Right, right. Now, Christian, um, yes. with a name like Christian, I'm mm-hmm. going to assume that you're a Christian. Um, I don't need Jesus fucking carrying the cross across here. Uh, no, I'm I'm an atheist, ironically. Really? But uh, my first name is actually Fletcher. Uh, oh, that's right, Fletcher, Fletcher Christian, Christian Finnegan. But Wait, um, where'd you get the Fletcher from? 
you know, it's funny because, you know, Fletcher Christian is yeah. a famous historical figure. Right. And everybody thinks like, oh, your parents must be history buffs or right. literature buffs. Nope. Nope. My my older brother was named after my father's father and I was named after my mother's father. But what, they wanted to her call name, me Chris. What's his name? His name was Fletcher. Fletcher. Yeah. Now, <laughs> um, I found something very – where'd you grow up, first of all? Uh, outside of Boston. Right. I find it very interesting that you went to boarding school. Just two years. Now, did you live at the boarding school? Yes, I did. See, it was a performing right. arts school. Right. It, I know. Yeah. I know. I did right. my research. Somebody knows so, how to use the Google machine. Um, no, I do other things. I read articles. I do. I fucking talk to me. All right. Anyway. She watches the news. I read the paper. The pa- On the I'm toilet. In the, I'm in the news a lot. No, I, I watch. I read the paper more than I watch. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the point is that. You, uh, I, you know, I'm at the age, like, I, Henry's 18, he's in college, and then Ben's 13, and he's going into high school, and a lot of people are doing the boarding school, like, a lot of people do do the boarding school thing, and I want to know, like, you went away to boarding school, so your junior and senior year? Yeah. You were not living at home with your family? No. Did you feel rejected? No, I... I actually went to boarding school to get out of a family situation, honestly. That might was one of the probably main two components of me going. Like the first part, maybe the more important part was just that I wanted to at the time I thought I wanted to be an actor. Right. And uh and I w- was kind of falling through the cracks in my public school. Uh, and a lot of that was just because I was in kind of an, uh, a messed up situation that I wanted to get out of. Are you uh, going to so. explain the mess? Well, up? I can. I, my, my mother and I are estranged and uh, she is um, severely mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And uh, when my parents split up, uh, that kind of my freshman, sophomore year of high school were, were not good. I, Everybody always accused me of being on drugs, which is hilarious because right. I, I was. I never even smoked a cigarette, but I had right. severe insomnia and I would go like three days without sleeping. Oh, and, that's and, the worst. My sister has that. Yeah. And I would just be in a daze all the time. Right. And, uh, and well, so. Well, of course, your mother's mentally ill. Yeah. And I had a younger brother who was like sick his whole childhood and oh, you know, he had a heart transplant and you know, all that. Is he okay? Stuff. No, he passed away. But uh, Oh, God. Is, uh, Let's <laughs> press kill me now. And my right older now. brother passed away too. Isn't it fun? Wait. This is fucking fascinating because you look at you <laughs> That's what and I'm you saying. think like, oh, my God, Everything he's so somebody... privileged. He's so yeah. handsome. Thank you. Two dead brothers. Is your mother alive? As far as I know. And your father? Yes, yes she is still alive. Uh, is... Yes, my father is still alive. Yes. Ugh, they lost two kids. That's <laughs> yeah, the worst. It's, it really, you know, and, and my mother, you know, we have some contact now. I mean, when my older brother passed away, my younger brother passed away in 2001, and my older brother passed away in 2008, uh-huh. uh, seven or eight, I get mixed up. But, uh, and then I kind of had to re-enter the scene, because my older brother was sort of the mom maintenance person. What, how did he uh, pass? He had just had a heart attack, dropped dead at 37. That is fucking... Dick yeah. fucking Cheney is alive. Yeah, yeah. Dick Cheney. Yeah. And Carl Rove. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I, fu- I don't understand, like, why that happens. Well, I mean, you know, Maybe my younger brother had a heart issue. My older brother had now, a heart attack. Now, do you attack. go to cardiology? I, uh, I have a leaky valve, but it's nothing major. It's mm. something But small. you get it checked. I haven't in a while. What, I probably What the should. fuck is wrong with you? Eh, I don't know. All right. So you had an awful childhood as well. Nah, everybody. Uh, who did? Look, who that's bad. I got teased and, you yeah, know. Yeah. Th- things uh, happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. My mother was 
mentally ill in a normal yeah, sense. And, and yeah. so, uh, you know, and I don't mean to just, sometimes when you say like, oh, my mom was crazy, people are like, yeah, my mom was crazy too. No, like, you're eh, like, no, you know, my mom was It's a slightly crazy. different situation. But that said, uh, you know, my father, who I was not close with at all mm-hmm. when growing up, you know, because he he was, you know, an alcoholic and, and right. uh, kind of oh, had God, that, you know, when worse. you're married to a, a person who's mentally ill, you tend to sort of check out, you know, right, you of zone course. out. Yeah. And so he was typical suburban dad, quiet desperation, the whole deal. And it was only when they split up that he actually kind of became a really awesome dad. Like, right. and, and we have a really good relationship now. Now, what did he do for a living? Uh, he was a tax appraiser. Mm. Um, he had a little company of his own and this is not very interesting, so I'll keep it very brief. Every 10 years a town, every town has to do what they call a reappraisal right. where they'll decide who has to pay how much right. taxes. And so they'd hire a company like my dad's to come in and do that. I just, I so just, he was can the one someone wake me up out. when the story is over? It's over. All right. It's All right. Over. Thank <laughs> you. Um, what right. else about taxes, Christian? Let me tell you more about reappraisal. My father was a tax attorney. Okay. Well, he then. wrote the tax laws for the state of New Jersey. Wow. Anyway. I've heard those are some of the best. Yeah. Anyway, he's dead. Now, you have this terrible childhood. You go to now. Did the boarding school save you? Yes, it did. Undoubtedly, I and I say that because it was a weird school. It was a it was a school for performing artists and visual art, and it was a and it was kind of what I always say. It was it was fuck ups and prodigies. Right. It was like Taiwan's best cello player. Right. And Dave. Right. Who got kicked out of three boarding schools? <laughs> right, so right, I guess right. he's a painter. Right, you know. Right. Uh, and so it was a lot of. You know, goth kids right. and did you have a different roommate? sexualities and yeah, yeah, um, yes. My first year, I did. Who was it? Oh, it was so crazy too, because I went there and I was so concerned, like, oh my god, you know, these are all ballet dancers, right? And, you know, what if I have a gay roommate? Is that going to be weird? Right. I got the one redneck. It was so bizarre. He's from upstate New York, and he was a painter. He's an unbelievably gifted right. painter. But he hung America, a big American flag on the wall the first day, and he would chew tobacco, and he had a two-liter bottle of soda Spit. that he cut the top off of. And used <laughs> Spit it. into yeah, yeah. it? Oh, he would, God. He would change it like once every three weeks. Oh, that is disgusting. Oh, you had a spittoon. But yeah, why yeah. do you – so you were afraid of getting a gay – well, I just no, I wasn't afraid. It was just uh, like, is that going to be weird? You know, sleeping alone in a room with someone for the first time, essentially. Well, yeah, because uh, you know how it would feel Wait. to sleep in in a room with a girl like that you didn't know for the first time. I mean, so. that would be weird. I mean, it wasn't a big. It was just what was funny to me is just how opposite the situation was. Right. <laughs> you know, and then he used to make fun you of would me have no issue with warrior. that now. Uh, now. Okay. No. All right. So then you go. Did, <laughs> He's like the biggest fag we know. Come I on. know. It's it's a running theme. On I the girl have house. asked Lauren to, to consult me before anything comes out of his her mouth. Okay. <laughs> and it just well, how, doesn't happen. How is she supposed to? Con- he supposed to consult you? No, I he, visually he give me a you? look. Yeah. It's, as soon as you get my pronoun right once, I will consult you. How about he. That? Needs to consult me. Anyway, back to you, Christian. Yes. Uh, yes. Did you go to college? Yes, I did. Where? Uh, New York University. Oh, NYU. That's NYU. expensive. Yeah, it is expensive. And did you go to the performing arts? I did. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I got really lucky in the sense that my dad's business really boomed for about 10 years. Right. And it happened to dovetail exactly in the oh, sort of high school, college perfect. years. And then he, then it all crashed. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I went to Tisch as an actor. 
And then halfway through, I switched to playwriting. Ah, did you go to Playwrights Horizon? I did. Nice. I did. That's a great uh, faction. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. I just, Lauren just handed me a piece of paper for everyone who's listening with my kill me now. Like, I, I will tell Lauren my kill me now moments. Yeah, yeah. And um, I am just finding out that uh, I found shrimp in my freezer. Now, my kitchen is kosher because I grew up like that. Yeah. Uh, and I just, it feels unnatural not to have a kosher kitchen. Okay. And I just wanted my kids to know you're a Jew and, you know, I eat whatever I want outside, um, which is people say is hypocritical. But you know what? I have a Jewish home. So, so yeah, you, you will eat is, shrimp out in the Lauren, world. Lauren, if you go outside, why don't you get coffee? Oh, I thought uh, you were getting to the shrimp thing. Oh. So anyway, I um, come home and I find a bag of shrimp in my freezer. <laughs> and I'm like, who the fuck put shrimp in my freezer? Does that mean you have to call like Jewish Ghostbusters? No, I don't. To come you know, no, 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 no. It's not. <laughs> not that ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, "How did I get?" And Lauren, you didn't fucking tell me you put the shrimp in. Yes, I did. Okay, what had happened was, um, <laughs> I'm really sorry about the shrimp in your freezer. I forgot about the kosher thing. Hey, All right, so what happened is about that, one, right? no, no, no. little shrimp in the freezer. Am I right? One, uh, see, um, I have, the, I have the to keys Christian's to Judy's life. I have the keys to Judy's apartment, so I like to go in there every once in a while and like I'll rub my dick on something, not tell her about it, or I'll put shrimp in her freezer and leave just to drive her nuts. Just get to the fucking story. So, so one of her Christian. crazy neighbors, her crazy older neighbors, comes up to me and is like. You have to come with me. You know, I just went to my doctor's and uh, my cholesterol is out of the roof. And, and I, I don't want to, I don't know what to do with this. And I'm just following her as she's talking to me up to her, you know, what apartment. Floor? Uh, the one above you, six. Someone from the sixth floor gave yes. you shrimp. So, we, so I followed her to her apartment. I don't know what the fuck is going on. She's like, uh, this is my dog. This is where I sit and play piano, blah, blah, blah. Then she hands me a bag of frozen shrimp. She's like, I can't do it anymore. My cholesterol is too high. You got to take the shrimp. I can't throw it away. She and I'm like, piano? is this breaded shrimp? What color hair? Gray. What the or hell white. does shrimp have to do no, with cholesterol? No, not breaded shrimp. I have no idea. Just It's like the healthiest shrimp. I have no clue. I don't know anything about anything. So she hands me this frozen bag of shrimp. She's like, you got to take this. I have no idea what to do with it. Uh, I can't throw it away. And I'm like, okay. So I go back down to Judy's, you know, to get some work done and rub my penis on something. And I put the shrimp in the freezer and I forget about it. And I Was the woman like dementia-ish? I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Yeah. Now, uh, she told me to give it to you. So yeah. To Judy. To Judy. Give it to Judy. Yeah. Sixth floor. Yeah. Piano. She has a small dog. <sighs> Not Twyla on the third floor. No, no. This was the, the sixth floor. It, the, it was above you. All right. Because Twyla has a tiny dog that she brings It's New everywhere. York City. This woman might have just a seen dog. a dog and taken it. All right. Anyway, so that's number one. So, all right. So, Christian, you so go to NYU. Enraging. What are you studying? I, I went as an actor. And then after three semesters, I switched to playwriting directing. And then by the time I graduated, I was kind of doing – I was interning at the Village Voice, mm-hmm. and I thought I was going to be a writer. And then I realized I have no discipline. 
So you decided to become a stand-up comedian. That's when I got Now, what year did you start the stand-up comedian? Uh, I had, it was a couple of years out of school. I worked in publishing for a couple of years after college, and uh, I was like 24, I think, which is late. You know, I wish I'd started maybe a year or two. Or I wouldn't want to be one of those kids who started when I was 15. Right. I don't feel like those people have anything to talk about. Yeah, I, I started around 19, and like... I kind of did have a little bit. I mean, you you seem like a person who's always kind of had a voice in the sense that, you know what I mean? You had a perspective, a right. point of view. Yeah, Whereas, you, you know, you know when you see view. those people who started when they were in high school and right. it's like, okay, you've got structure down, you you craft jokes well, right, but right, who right. the fuck? You're just right. a guy who doing stand-up. Like, now, do you talk about any of this horrible family situation on stage? You know, I haven't. I've actually only in the last year or two kind of started to say it out loud just because, first of all, I don't want to feel like, oh, look at me. Right. But I haven't really, quote unquote, found my smile about it. Not right. that I'm depressed about it, but it's just I don't really have positive things to say about it. And so I just kind of keep my mouth shut on stage just because right, thank you. it would feel like therapy and not comedy. I, I right. wish that that wasn't the case. Yeah, but- I do. I teach solo performance mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people come in with the therapy and I make them yeah. not – I totally steer them away. I mean, you can talk about uh, something and not say it. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, have yeah, them... yeah. You have to have an angle, you right. know. And, and uh, I, at, at some point, I might try to address it creatively in some right. way. Uh, like I'm actually kind of like kicking around. And I should have finished it a long time ago, but I'm working on a pilot about actually a, a performing arts boarding school. Just you know, that's uh, great. And, is it um, called Glee? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I no, but did but, that piss you off? Tell me how much bit, it pissed you off. Bit. Tell because, me. Tell no, because me. Because this has been an idea off. I've had for like ten years. I know. When Glee piss, came out. It's like, go, oh, this is me. totally pissed in my tell pool. Tell me. Tell uh, me how pissed off you are. Well, it's just that, like, I fucking know. I know. Glee fucking sucked. <laughs> And I know the it's people just like hard. it are dumb. No, right. uh, no. no, it's just that I feel like it's totally ruined. There's a great story about like teenage <sighs> artists mm-hmm. and that show has kind of made it so that a real one can't exist. You, you or not that it can't or else then you're copying. Glee. No, exactly. Right. Well, Cause everything... it's just so facile and just so like, Oh, let's just take pop songs. Right. And, you know, it, it, it I don't know. It, it, it's a brand. Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't, the, I don't know. Okay, I got it's it. It's all the people I hated in Oh yeah, Club. me too. Uh, it's all not the, let's put on a show about people. Your situation. Uh she's talking to me right all now. All right. So, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I've, I've had so many ideas but that's fine. I'm like, fuck, you know. They, they wrote water something it I down. Didn't, so. Yeah, they water whatever. It doesn't matter. No. So, um your publicist Cambry. Well, not anymore. I, mean, I know I'm getting there. I'm doing get, a story Get there. Let me just ask you, it just this is just a kill me now thing. Yeah. I fucking hate when people make up words. Uh-huh. Like, I hate it. Okay. Like, conversate. Someone said to me the other day. This is a pet peeve. Not exactly, but a similar pet peeve. Okay. I can't fucking deal with it. I, my, you know, my cousin is a Rhodes Scholar. She says, anyways. No. Okay. And New Year's. <laughs> new Year's. It's uh, New Year. New, new year, year or New Year's Eve. You will yeah. never right. let me forget about that. Happy New Year's. I fucking fuck. Yeah. And then the other like uh, guesstimate. It's either a guess or an estimate. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I I, I agree. I hate when people. First of all, like killing it. 
I ooh, makes me want to jump out of a fucking right. window. Shut up in the kitchen. Oh, oh dude, you were killing it. You're, you, oh, you're dude, killing you killed it. it. You killed it. Right. That's so beyond word to your mother to me at this point. Right. And I hate it when people will just say things and act as if like I'm the only one who's ever said that. Like like right. you'll see like Entertainment Tonight report, you know, right. uh, people do that or they'll say broke the internet. Oh, here's something that broke the internet this right. week. It's just like this dumb meme and that people balls. latch onto. You yeah. fucking say the word. Like why do you example. have to fucking Make up half like you have no time to say the entire word. Amaze balls is pretty amaze balls though. You gotta admit, feels good to say. Whatever, go. <laughs> no, I, I don't mind when people do it on their own. Just like, hey, I came up with a funny little thing to say. But I hate when something is sort of out in the ether and then dumb kind of lame people adopt it right. and act like they're being sassy and right, creative. Right, I'm right. so weird because I said amaze balls. Right. Like, you're the eight hundredth person to say right. that. In the last hour. I'll start saying something like that ironically, and then it'll just become a part of my vocabulary. That's That's the problem, is when you start saying things ironically, and then you hear the irony in it, but the world just hears you saying, saying, it's kind of like what happened with the word retard. You know, when I was a kid, everyone just said retard all the time. Nobody thought anything, oh, that kid's such a retard. And then in the sort of late 80s, early 90s, and that sort of my... Gen X sort of that that's not cool nobody says retard well, anymore well yeah because mm-hmm. I, I I was in went to high school in the 70s mm-hmm. and uh, band fag I was a band fag yeah and that's just what it bait. was and I was a queer bait yeah but you know how then and that's retarded but then in the mid to late 90s right. there sort of became this ironic thing it's like oh I'm gonna call this guy a retard wouldn't it be funny if I was the kind of person who said retard right and then younger people just hear it, and then they're just saying it again yeah you know what I mean? right. but the other thing is a lot of people use that kind of politically correct vernacular uh in a way that sort of uh prohibits the conversation that needs to be spoken about like it it prevents them from really like you know, you mean if you say something politically correct like yeah. african-american or just whatever the word well, is yeah. which usually isn't actually right, correct right but yeah. right but can i finish my thought yes miss you know you use these terms to prevent yourself from really if you said what you really meant to oh say, you're right you're right then you would have to have a conversation about it but yeah. now this is like it's a an buffer excuse. yeah yeah that's i find that on stage sometimes yeah. you know like I'll, I'll tell jokes that are are you know i know i'm not I, well, of course i'm a racist oh you know of right. course i am i'm i benefit from a racist system every day of right. my life i feel pretty i feel like i'm pretty firm footing in terms of having my political ducks in a row in that sense i'm i'm probably could be better but i think i'm okay and so I feel like I can talk about this stuff. Like I have this joke, and I hate when people just quote jokes. But I have this joke. It's like, uh, you know, uh, I want racial equality. I really want it in the same way that I want to get to the gym more often. And I want right. to write that novel. It's like <laughs> right. it's genuine, but it's probably right. not going to happen. Right. You know, and I see people get like tense. Like, dude, what is this racist? It's like, right, because no one thinks for themselves. Talk about it. No one just... fucking thinks yeah. for themselves. Let's just all knee say jerk, the right words right. and then have the right. conversation go exactly. away. Yeah, Complete yeah. knee jerk. This one said that. People yeah. take things out of context. Now, uh, so your wife, Cambry, was your publicist. How did you guys meet? Uh, I used to do a show at the in a, the Gershwin Hotel mm-hmm. on 28th Street, like mm-hmm. uh, just a little alt show. Mm-hmm. And she had gotten together with a couple of blocks. Alt. Another annoying fucking word. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll take, I'll, I'll, yeah. All right, go. I'll take that. Just, you know. Yeah. No, I'll accept that. That's all right. 
Um, and she was meeting up with a couple of blogger friends, uh, the early days of blogger. Yeah. And, um, and they had come to see one of the comedians, Todd Levin. I don't know if you know Todd. No, but he, he said, you. Yes. No. He writes for Conan. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, and we ended up living around the corner from each other. She lived with the guy. Ooh. Stole her away. Nice. No, no it's one of those typical New York situations right. where they'd like broken up, but they were on the lease. R- right. Mm, yeah. You know, Been there. Bad. So, you know, I fi- also find it fascinating that you lost 88 pounds. I did, yes. Yeah. So, were you a fat child? I always yes. You were yes. always over. I was a fat baby, and the, I've always been like an accordion, just kind of in and out and in and out. And uh, but I was always kind of on the precipice of. I was like a double XL, where I wasn't fat enough to shop at like the big and tall stores for a brief period. I was, but never skinny enough to be able to go into regular stores and just right. buy shit. You know. Now you know you're really good looking and all that kind. Of, you like you have the face of like that's Mr. very nice privileged white guy and. <laughs> You know, you're handsome. You look like an Aryan. I will say losing weight made it harder for me on stage in certain ways. Right. It sounds dumb to say. No, no, it doesn't. It's, it's, you know, people are I lost my affability. Right. Mm. So you should talk about how you were fat. Do you ever talk about how you were fat? No, no. And people ask me this. No one wants to hear about accomplishment. Nobody (laughs) nobody wants to hear, like, not only fucking annoying LA actors who are right, pretending to be comedians. Right, but you could take it show. from another <laughs> thing, yeah. that it being skinny fucked up your career. Lynn Coppold said that once. It's like, you should tell the you sh- you, people need to know who's driving the car. Right. Like, That's a good point. But I've never so found a way to really... But it's so interesting, because now when I found out that about you, I thought of you differently. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I'm going to yeah. be completely honest. When I found out that you lost 88 pounds, I was like, oh, so he has a whole other perspective on life that I didn't think he had. You're all, you always forget that some uh, that the way you see yourself is not how the world is perceiving you. Right. You know? um, I think the way I see my – I mean, I annoy myself. I'm annoying. Amen. Well, and I shut up and I – you know, I – Eat, I eat the fucking cuticles. I just like yeah. Like, I chew the hell out no, of my that's fingers. Bad. Are you on? Uh, are you on any antidepressants or anything? Uh uh-uh. uh. I took. Uh, I I don't, I'm too lazy. I I took Adderall for a right, couple right, months, right. and and it it made me a little. Honestly, I probably should try again because I have like, I zone out a lot. I just mm-hmm. kind of disappear and I go off into my head, and uh, and I need focus. Like I don't. I'm not nearly as productive as I'd like to be. And, uh, but I just, I've been surrounded by people my entire life who pathologize everything. Right, right. And I just have a very knee jerk mm-hmm. reaction right. to just like, no, so yeah, my, my ADD is so annoying because what I do is I always have to be doing something. So I'm like, oh, I'm task. Then, okay. Then another task comes in my head. So I'm like, all right, I'll go, I'll go here and then I'll go back to, the, you know, and um, I, you know, I'd have half done tasks, Yeah, yeah. but I have OCD. So I'd get really, oh, I better finish it. Cause I'm going to think about it. So that's mm-hmm. how I got everything done. But it's like fucking annoying. Like, I, shut I up. wish I was like, shut that. the fuck up in my head. You I start a million things and I meditate a lot. Judy also mm-hmm. has perfection paralysis. So if something's not done exactly completely right in the way it's it happens in the order in her brain, yeah, which is impossible to attain. I sometimes think that that I don't like finishing things because that 
it brings it down to earth in a way mm-hmm. and it can no longer be the wonderful thing that it is in my head. Do you know what I mean? That it's right. It's, but that's, it makes that it is real just bull- that's, that's bullshit. I know, but that's, if, it's, it's stupid, but right. it is. Fear um, of success. They call not that even fear of success. It's just that it's like, Oh, I have this beautiful Sistine chapel in my head. And when I actually create it, it's going to be a fucking two room hut. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's like, okay. I'd rather leave it in my head where it can be a Sistine All chapel. Right. Now, when you met Cambry, your wife. Yes. Were you fat? Uh, yes. You were. And I got fatter. And little, she loved you. Bit. Uh, I have always accused my wife of being a chubby chaser. So uh, I actually think she likes me much less now that I lost weight. Is that true? I, she would deny it, but I, I think it's true. Um, <laughs> did your sex life get worse when you lost weight? Uh, no, not necessarily worse, but I just feel like I, I, I did feel she's fine. It's all fine. Say it. No, Say it. I, I don't want to put thoughts. I don't want to, you know, project thoughts on her. If she was here, I would right. ask her. But what would like, you I ask her project. if she were here? I would say, did you want to fuck me more when I was fat? And she would say no, and I would half believe her. Okay. So you believe <laughs> she liked fucking you better when... Like, does she, say, does she say to you, oh, that guy's really hot, and he's a fat guy? Uh, No. No, okay. that has never happened. Um, she never, ever expresses sexual desire about anyone not even me? Not even you. What? It's shocking. What? She, you'd think. She's you so know, sexy, though. I get a lot of straight women who like me. I oh, bet. Of course. I bet. Oh, yeah. yeah you're, you're what they call a flipper. Yeah, no, yeah I'm a dyke Flipper master. and dipper. Oh, yeah, flipper, really? Flipper and dipper. Um, wow, that's really interesting. So yeah, no, you, she, she has never... I think Cambry is like really intense on loyalty. Like, that's mm-hmm. a big thing me for too. her. Me too. I'm like that. And I, I didn't get it when we started dating like i i never had i think i dated a woman for two years once and then a year a couple years later the same Mm -hmm. woman but that was the only real relationship i ever had everything else is like three months here for two weeks here and and i didn't understand that you know when you start a relationship and it gets serious you have to really cut off all of those little back burner things you know i still had kind of right email relationships are as friends and and in my mind, these were just friends of mine, but I look back and I'm like, no, I can see that maybe these friendships are inappropriate and that there was a gray right. area that, right. you know, and so I don't doubt. I mean, I always say to her, it's like, surely you think about other people than me. Right. Like, I would not. I'm not a jealous person. I'm, I'm really not. Right. Um, surely you do. And she never really ever expresses like, oh, my God, that dude is so hot. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Okay, now uh, you have no kids. No. No desire to have kids. No, our first date, we we went over our various family histories and we decided knew not they'd a good be combo. lobster babies. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> which I have to say, my mother, my mother has, uh, my father has these two cousins, Norman and Vivian. They're ninety three. They still get on planes and travel. I mean, the slowing down. <laughs> and uh, my mother's ninety two, and she's in a nursing home. And uh, I'm like, God, those. Yeah, I saw them uh, like a year ago. I said, Norman and Vivian, I can't believe it. They get on the the planes and they're this and they do this and she goes you want to know why no children i'm like thanks thanks ma that's really sweet so i you're gonna be fine without it's the kids. fine yeah i mean there are times i mean i'm at the age now where you do start to wonder oh 
you get to a certain age and you and you realize like oh Halloween kind of sucks now and Christmas right. sucks now and all these things yeah because you don't have kids you get to a certain right, age but also and you, you live have that. to realize you're you know did your brother who died have kids no so no. you're the last I would have generation been, yeah I'm the end I and that's fine I kind of am trying right. to cauterize that um, <laughs> line so do you, all right I have a couple questions about your relationship um, well first of all you wrote on Tough Crowd. For a year, yeah. Was I the on The second it? year. Yeah. The only time I ever was allowed to be on the show, we were on the panel together. Oh, and really? You scared the death I out did? Of me. Oh, because I, I mean, I barely get you now, but I didn't get you at all. <laughs> no, in terms of when you're being serious and when you're not. Like right, when right, you're right. actually angry and when you're just giving me the Judy face. Right. And you Because you have the loudest silence of maybe anyone I've ever met, other than my wife. Uh, in terms of you can give a look. And it screams volumes, you know, and I think that's... That's so weird because I am honestly the most sensitive. Oh, I'm sure that's you know, true. Like, and, totally. I, and I am like, you can ask any of my friends, like I'm yeah. the first one there in a crisis or... Oh, no, you know, I just mean yet, that it's like you can look at me. She's master of the deadpan. That, that's, what, yes, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. That's what I'm talking so, about. You have a, a, a stone cold right. look, you know, and I said something that... It was kind of a high degree of difficulty joke. I don't remember. It was something about calling you a cunt, I think. But it was like a, it was a, a meta joke or mm-hmm. something. I don't even remember exactly what it was. And it was one of those things where, you know, when you're in an improv type situation, yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, I, I think I can see a great joke here. Right, and right, can right. I get to it? Mm-hmm. And you don't know whether you've gotten it or not. Right. And you just gave me this look that just like made me feel like Pac-Man dying. <laughs> like, yeah. She probably <laughs> fell in love with you in that moment. And that so, was the look because you made her speechless. All right, whatever. Maybe. And so did you have a big wedding with Cambry? Uh, it was a lot of people, but it was casual. Oh, good. I like that. Yeah. Do you, do you remember uh, the old Galapagos art space out in Williamsburg? Oh, yeah. With yeah. The I, little... He asked me that question. Um, sorry, boss. <laughs> yeah, with the little pool and yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's where we got married. Lauren, do you know that place? That look, right? Is it that look? No. Something, something uh, like I'll get it. I'll get the look. Now, um... All right. So well, another thing about me is that, and this is, I think, part of uh, a northeastern attitude, mm-hmm. is that I always imagine whatever anybody says to me, they're thinking twice as harsh. Right. Like if you say, like Christian, I'm a little upset with you right now. In my mind, you're saying I'm so fucking pissed at you. Right. Well, because so, you had that mother who. Well, was but also, but extreme to, to me, but also, I think I just grew up around a lot of people who kind of. Say the nice thing instead of what they're actually thinking. Oh, I didn't. And so, and that's actually one thing I like about being around Jewish people. Honestly, I when I got out of college, my I worked in. Um, uh, He said Jewish. Yes. Let's make more generalizations. Go on. Well, at least the sort of the classic New York Jew archetype. Uh, um, Yeah. My boss was this guy named Al Zuckerman, and he was sort of (laughs) a famous literary agent you right. know ken follett was his big dude oh yeah kenneth he, did, he like basically rewrote first wives club right, right, right. um and he would i would have to do his dictation every morning and i would always fuck it up because i have horrible attention right. to detail when it comes to stuff like that and he would yell at me and he'd be like why how did you miss this you got it oh, there's God, a, that a would drive me crazy. and i would and then he'd go back into his office and i would feel like the biggest piece of shit in the world right. and then 30 seconds later he'd walk me so what are you doing this weekend right and i was like i'd never been around somebody who just got it out like that right, kind of right, like right. you're saying about the sneeze it's right. just like he just feels something and he says it like right. wait you didn't stifle that and right. then you know no I'd, you gotta say it or yeah, you're I'd, fucked up all right so um y- 
all right. Well, then you had your yeah, big, yeah. you know, you got on VH1 and then you did the. Uh, then I had my period, very... brief period of low tier success. Right. Did you, how did you feel about yourself then? Did you think you were a big success? No, I, I really played <laughs> it wrong. I played it really wrong. Why? I was just grateful that people were giving me stuff to do and it did not occur to me. And this is one thing, there's a lot about quote unquote millennial culture right. that annoys me. One thing I genuinely do admire is that there seems to be an innate understanding of, oh, cool, I got to do this thing. I better start working on the next thing. Right. And I'm just going to do it. And no, I don't have to ask permission. And nobody needs to knight me and tell me I'm allowed to do it. I'm just going right. to do it. And I've always had this idea of like, well, nobody told me I could do this. Nobody said. Oh, no, you I'm, got you know, a fucking. I get up. Trust me. I, I realize on that to now. The next. But, always on to the next. Um but not taking away from what's going on now. Yeah, I was just I was just very like happy. Like I always felt like I was a perpetrating a fraud, right. you know, that oh, the people were going to find you out. They're going to find out. Yeah, I that, went through yeah. that in therapy. They're going to find out that I'm really not funny and I'm really <laughs> And it's actually um, a big relief now because f- people have finally figured it out and now it's much easier to operate from right. a place of now, <laughs> you're um, just a loser. <laughs> now, you and your wife, Cambry, fight a lot. Yeah, not as much any. Well, yeah, not as much as we used like, to. Like, all right, because I, I, this is some, uh, this is something I love to talk about because yeah. Elisa and I, she's going to get mad that I say we, we, we do fight, and it's like passionate. I don't trust couples who don't fight. I, I don't that's either. the thing. It's like I love you, you know. Hey, baby. Hey, Nina. It's like really, Could, yeah. you cannot tell me you're married to someone and they don't fucking get on your nerves. No. Yeah. I don't. To me, that's not real love. To me, real love is a slog. <laughs> that's, right. that's a nice pull quote. Um, but I, I don't. You're not being honest right, with right, each other. Right. In, in you know, there's a yin yang thing that I think happens mm-hmm. in couples, and yin doesn't always get along with yang. Right. That's that's why they're not the same. So what is you no? Know, we have repeat fights. Oh, yeah. Uh, Greatest hit fights. And I have (laughs) – I I often – like when she starts in, when I know – I know a lot of times the fighting is, you know, it's the negative attention. You know, like I'm not paying attention. I tend to live in my head a lot Mm -hmm. and um, I I, honestly – it's sick. But like if I find myself standing for, you know, a minute – and just standing, I have to read something. Like, I have to... It's a waste of time if I'm not learning something. Like, I have this whole fucking... I have to learn. I, have to, I want more knowledge, more mm-hmm. knowledge. But anyway, so I tend to, like, be in my head a lot. And I don't realize that, like, normal people need attention. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I give my kids attention, but... Because uh, I didn't get any. So I... Mm-hmm. Um, but... I feel like sometimes I neglect her. So she fights, will start a fight about something else because she feels Right, it's, it's like poking you'll, you to get your right. attention. Like, you'll get distracted. Right, I do get distracted. And, it's bad. And, and it feels personal. Right. So what is your, like, your basic, like, what are your repeats? Well. And sometimes, like, I say to her, this is such like I, cause I couldn't take it. So I would, I've tried everything. I'm like, yeah. you know what? Uh, we're going to try that again. Uh, this time, you know, you know, I do, I'm like make believe I'm the director. <laughs> yeah. That was a great take. That was, I'll do that. That's I'll awesome. do the, um, 
oh my god, I already read this script and we um, <laughs> we passed on it. You know, like I do all this shit, and she's like, Ugh! but what do you like? So let me. What's my, your my favorite? And when I say favorite, it's the thing I do that probably is the meanest thing that uh-huh. you can do or not meanest but it pisses her off the most right. but i feel very justified is sometimes she'll just she won't accept that i just feel differently about something and right. she'll try to bludgeon me into thinking it, the way she thinks yeah but and i'll tell her, i was like listen you're gonna keep going with this mm-hmm. and i will eventually agree with you because i want to go on for the rest of the day but mm-hmm. i want to tell you now before we get to that point i don't agree with you <laughs> and right, later right, right, right. no matter what happens from this point forward I don't agree with you. Right. So, but we can continue. Now. But you know what's... <laughs> and then you say, yes, honey, you're right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so she just dismisses your opinions and thoughts and well no she she cambry lives very organically which Mm -hmm. is one of the things i again a yin yang thing i always feel like i'm wrapped in bubble wrap all the time emotionally like i i god i want i want to teach you i taught lauren (laughs) i made i'm learning i'm still learning no but come on lauren we wrote some you wrote some fucking oh are you kidding no yeah what you've done yes i oh my god i think that's what catalyzed my depression right yeah Actually, and but it'll be gone. That's what did it, my, it, yeah. it is depleting, right? But that you I were made, there for me through that also, right. because you'd been through something similar, right? Was very helpful. Thank yeah, you. I a lot of people cry in the class and stuff, but they people get so much work. It's amazing in my in the yeah. class that I teach because in their writing and what they really want to write about, I make them write about what scares them, you know, like the thing that they don't want to write about. Mm -hmm. But what happens is they sort of purge it and they get so much confidence. Like, Hey, yeah, you know, you see it for what it really is. You're right. It's like, oh, and, this is not the ten foot shadow. Yeah, because Karen, the- remember, I had the student Karen. She moved. She was in her forties. She had moved like fifty three times in her life. Mm. Fifty three times. And running away, and it got all about what is a home, you know, what is what are you afraid of, you know, yeah. And she ended up hadn't worked, got this great tour, uh, on the road, has been working ever since. It's like it's it's really incredible because it really, yeah, it sort of revitalizes those. I used to think of being trans as a birth defect, and you've actually like working with you in class and writing this shit out and writing my one person show, um, helped me. I mean, you you help me not see it like that, right? See, you know, maybe it's the era I grew up in. But I hear the word trans, and all I think of is transformer. No, trans oh. am man, trans. Oh, I think oh, transformer yeah. I more see, the than word me. Trans I... equals cool in my mind. Okay. Oh yeah, me so, too. <laughs> so, what is the last fight you had with Cambry? Oh my God! Well, you have to understand, you know, Cambry. We. I love I, how you you pick the cuticle. Oh yeah, I, uh, Keith yelled at me on his podcast. Wait, can I, we get a photo of our hands? Yeah, it's well, my thumb is just all this is like, tissue. You can hold them up to I got this thing. I got this indentation on my nail thing. But this one, yeah, yeah, the, my yeah. mother's dying, and I. So I think I'm taking it out on this finger. I, I pick my face. That's, That's my not thing. good. But Ooh, I've been doing yeah. this since I remember. Oh, as yeah. far back as my I can remember. My dad actually had a bonding thing about it like 15 years ago. And he's like, do you chew on your fingers? Like, yeah. like, and you can't stop till it right. bleeds, right? And like, it bleeds. Yeah. And That's then exactly I it. have friends. We all send pictures. Do you like, know how many times I've been on a TV show or whatever? Oh, my God. And, and you look at your hand. I oh, did Louie. And then you're holding your finger yeah. trying to stop the bleeding right. like, you do that. while you're oh, on TV. Oh, my God. I do that all the time. Or I have like on Louie, I have a Band-Aid. I'm like, ugh. And it's all red around. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then 
I went through one period where I wasn't doing it at all. And I kept saying, oh, my God. Like, I was conscious of the fact that I didn't even want to do it. And now I'm in a play and I fucking do it all the fucking time. Mm. I don't know. I, you know. I wish that I had been diligent about creating an Excel spreadsheet about, right. okay, I didn't chew my fingers today. What was my day? I know. I right. did chew my fingers. <laughs> what was but, my day today? You know, Elisa, you know? my partner, this is yeah. the thing. I can't deal with when other people are picking their fingers. Like, Elisa, my partner. No, you're fine. Elisa, my partner. <laughs> is a big finger ch- she's a therapist which mm-hmm. was the worst thing i could ever because i'm already fucking analyzed. <laughs> like we had a fight that seems crazy first of all she does it and she does it and it's like i'm like stop it and i feel like when she's chewing on the skin it's like she's having an aperitif you know what i mean it, it drives like, my wife crazy i know so it and two people in a relationship that fucking chew their fingers like yeah. can't she have enough anyway we had a fight so we uh we were watching louie and uh, it was the second episode of this season. I was on the season premiere. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, I haven't seen were. the season. Oh yet. my god! Anyway, so there's a scene where he is uh, shopping with his kids, and he really has to take a shit, and they have to run out of the store, and, and like he he's got to walk home, and he's holding the shit in, and you know it's about him having to take a shit, and his daughters are like. You know, uh, that he goes into a bodega and the guy's like, sorry, you can't use the bathroom. And the girl's like, what? You're a man. You're a nasty man that you won't let my dad, you know, like. So anyway, I'm laughing because I've I've been I travel. (laughs) I've been where I think the shit's going to come out of my ass or the pee is going to come out. And because I'm so (laughs) not focused on it. And then all of a sudden it's not like I have to pee. It's like I have to fucking, you know. And so, um, like when you're on stage, and you forget everything, every physical element. Anyway, so I'm laughing because I think it's so funny. And she's like, it's not funny. The daughter was upset. The daughter's really upset. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what? I, I, like, you don't understand. The daughter is really upset. I'm like, oh, my God. It's a fucking television show. That's why it's funny. But then she gets mad at me that I don't think that yeah, that I'm like so. So you and, I, and then because like when you're with a therapist, I'm not kidding. There's no normal fight, so it's like you have a, everything is subtext for something else, right? So it starts at um, uh, oh, this was one that happened yesterday. So uh, actually, this morning we're driving over from her apartment to get her eyebrows done in my house. Anyway, that's a whole other issue. But um, Jen comes to my house. Apartment does eyebrows. She's amazing. Anyway, so we're driving over and. Um, I, she's telling me the story about bumping into some guy that used to live in my apartment building at the grocery store on the east side and blah, blah, blah. And my phone rang and I picked it up, which I shouldn't have done. Like I should have said, because it didn't <sighs> ring because it was on off. Yeah. I just saw it and I was, she's in the middle of talking and I'm like, hello. And all right. So I realized even when I was doing it, this right. is not going to be good. So instead of, uh, so I hung up, nothing. And then I asked her a question and she fucking screams at me. You fucking don't listen. And I, I said, can you tell me the rest of the story? No, I can't tell you that. Now, it goes from that argument to, uh, you know, I don't deserve her and uh, she's not sleeping over tonight. It goes from that to some, like, DSM-3 mm-hmm. mental illness. Like, like, um, like if we watch, you know, we'll – I don't know if you do this with Cambry. Do you – watch shows together oh yeah and that you can't watch the episode without her some shows sometimes now we've we you know how some couples start sleeping in separate beds yeah we recently decided we're gonna watch game of thrones separately because she ruins it for me right yeah (laughs) she doesn't enjoy 
and you know, I, Camry yeah. can't not be in her computer or right. be doing something, you know. No, I've tried to crazy. put all that shit away. But here's the deal. So um, I – this is totally true. I watched um, a Mad Men episode – only, not all of it, but some of it. And anyway, so she was. We were watching it, and I go, "Oh, this next part is good." Uh oh. She fuck. Meanwhile, she's fucking watched so much shit and lied to me about it. So then she, I said, "Oh, this. Oh, you, you watched it without me." You and she starts screaming. Meanwhile, I'm fucking watching it again. Yeah. You know. And then it goes from <laughs> that that I watched it with, that I am a compulsive liar, and no one trusts me. It goes like literally to a. A mental illness. Like, it's there's no regular... Her family never fought with each other. They never had arguments. They just... Everything was like Stepford-y, you know, right, great. Right. And so she... Re- I really think she doesn't know how to fight. I feel like if you're in a relationship, you need to know how to fight correctly. Uh, do you yeah. fight... Does, do you and Cambry fight oh the God. same way? Well, the thing is, like, I, I think we got to... Uh, Cambry lives very organically. And when Cambry is happy, she's very happy. Right. And when she's upset, she's very upset. And it reveals itself. Like, she has no poker face when it comes to stuff like that. Right. And so a lot of times the fights happen because I'm not where she is emotionally. Right, right, right. Positively or negatively. Right, right, right. And she wants me to either play along or be angry about something that, right. she's, not ang- that she's angry about. Right. And, and then she'll – she can be mean sometimes but she's also much more she's much more loving than i am and also much meaner than i am so she's more in touch with her feelings and lets them go she doesn't even she would not be able to stifle her feelings if she wanted to well she has this weird thing what happens with her chin Uh uh whenever she's upset Uh it just instinctively her chin curls and so it's such a tell it's so revealing yeah i elisa's face completely like she when she gets angry I'm like, uh-oh. I call her Andrea. I'm like, here comes Andrea. And it's so – it's like a different person. And I'm like, snap out of it. You it's know? a blackout. It's almost like a blackout, right? Right. It's like, oh, my God. Can we go back to Elisa? You know, it's yeah. – I can identify with some of Elisa's mental stuff. I, I feel like I've, I have a lot of that, too. I, I have a lot of yours, too. Whatever. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. So, I'm like, uh, I'm like do you child. think if you were more like Cambry, like really able to let everything out? That you would sometimes, have a- sometimes, and this I think maybe happens with a lot of relationships, maybe even with a lot of guys specifically. Sometimes I feel like I have to freak out just to prove that I am upset, and mm. that somehow snaps her out of it. But like, if how I do lose you, my mind, right. she you know, snaps out of but it. But are you doing? Are you really losing your mind, or are you doing well, it for her? Some there have been a couple times where I was just flat out doing it for her, uh, and she doesn't know the difference. No, it just – it has an effect. I think all of a sudden when you see somebody yelling and screaming, your initial thing is like, whoa. Women right, do you know. that when they cry to elicit like, – like sometimes men won't 
take or or sometimes people in general won't take you seriously unless you're crying or you're showing how upset you are. Right. If you're keeping composure, you're not taking it seriously. But if a woman starts to cry, it's so weird because the women can't cry, but John Boehner can fucking cry. Like if Hillary Clinton, Clinton cries, people, she's a bust. Oh. John Boehner cries like like you know. Yeah. And he, uh, mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, do how do you vote? <laughs> I fucking it's like yeah. He honestly can, though, I actually feel like Hillary Clinton might be the only woman in politics who might actually benefit from crying publicly no i think no i think that she that did people, cry once well she did in her poll and and that was when she ended up winning new hampshire over right. obama that's what i mean like when women cry it's like oh everybody well, step back a woman's crying but i think her you know uh persona is so set in stone as this sort of feelingless ice queen or whatever she's probably the only woman in the in in the public realm who that actually might help 99.9% right. of women to all these these underprivileged kids in third world countries who she's gone and spoken yeah. to they that's who they remember they remember her saying she's a you, human being like everybody right. you know you yeah, have but to put she on a public to, face and the and, shoulder pads you know yeah she I mean, doesn't wear shoulder pads anymore I'm the thing is she? I'm the being thing, no. the thing about Hillary and oh, I know oh <laughs> metaphor go thing about Hillary is my concern about her, or not concern, is that I think she's more of a workhorse than a show horse. I think that she's a better employee than a boss, if right. that makes sense. And, and employee is not even the right word. She's the one you want running the show. She's right. the one you want actually – she'd be a good chief of staff. Right. I think that – Or first lady. No, not no. a first lady. That's demeaning. I mean, I'm not trying. No, I'm not. Because uh, she, she was running the show well, behind okay. every great man. No, I'm not saying you're demeaning. You were demeaning. But I'm saying I don't want to diminish – how unbelievably Lucky. fucking talented she is. I was diminishing. Think that, oh, no. I know you weren't. I'm saying to... Uh, you were projecting. Say it. Say it. That's Get it mad. Get mad at that. Fuck you, Lauren. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. Because <laughs> yeah. Lauren's... I'm talking now. And it's like, shut the fuck up. I have a thought. Yeah. Go. But I think that every time she tries to kind of be an orator... Uh, you know, or to to be a inspirational or communicator, it, it, yeah, communicator. It, it, she's just it not. She's not gifted. She, but it's fine because you know, before TV, we had presidents who were great and probably weren't telegenic or. No, you know. you're right. But I think that part of the thing about being the president is having is almost like a figurehead role it's a having a care a charisma you're being the national face and i think that's why people glommed onto reagan so hard is Mm -hmm. above and beyond the politics and you can find a million things that people are like ronald reagan never raised taxes yeah he did like 150 times he wouldn't even get elected but the reason that people still idolize him is because he just had that demeanor of course that like oh he's our national face that's really all you need to have as the president is and that's what's so pathetic but you know what i wish we could get past that and be like she's the smart she's brilliant she knows all these world leaders she's i do sometimes feel like she's so incredibly uh political with the way she interprets things well of course look at how they've gone through every fucking you know detail of her life and brought it i mean she's been spied on and but yeah, she, I don't know. she's a she's a poll watcher though. That's the thing about about Hillary is that, mm-hmm. and that's true of not not just Hillary. It's true of Bill Clinton too. Right. I mean, Bill Clinton was worse in that sense. Right. But sometimes you do get the feeling of like if everybody started, you know, uh, wearing uh, green shoes, 
and Hillary said that there's 10 more votes and wearing green shoes right. and she'd start wearing green shoes. You right. know, there's that sort of fear. All right. So wouldn't you want. Oh, my God. Shows- She's above and beyond the right. person who should be president. Right. I mean, it's not even a question. All right. I got it. But it's one of those things where it's like, all right. Yeah, of course. And if anyone has earned it, she has. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't say that the idea of uh, eight years of a Hillary Clinton, Clinton presidency excites me. It doesn't make me scared. Right. But it doesn't excite me. Right. You know. Well, we all want to be excited instead of that's what we want. We live. I know we want the thrill. That's why the ding on your phone, you know, is like a thing in your brain. That's like, oh, you know, you want to be excited, excited. (laughs) How about having someone who's really capable? Yeah, who's going to keep us safe? No one's really going to care about that until all of our iPhones break. I fucking. I really. This has ruined me. This these iPhones. Yeah. I remember. I um. I was on All American Girl, this sitcom in, in uh, oh, 94, 95. Yeah. yeah. And I remember we uh, got canceled. And uh, I. Wait, that's not on the air anymore? <laughs> <laughs> and I went. Right after Are We There Yet? Um, I did Are We There Yet? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Which episode were you in again? Uh, the, I was the HR. I'm always the HR person. I was the HR person on Ugly <laughs> Betty. It was the sexual harassment thing. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, I don't think I was in that one. So, uh, so I I remember I auditioned for a pilot. Uh, actually, it was they had already bought six episodes on UPN. Remember that network? Yeah, you, sure. Not, all right. And I auditioned, and I was on my way to North Carolina. It was a Thursday to do a weekend, and I remember my agent said we didn't have cell phones. Go home. I was all packed to go. Go home. And wait, and because we don't know if you're going to be able to go because you're, you know, it, I went to the network and, yeah. you know, you start the next day, right? That's way more exciting. And I remember sitting there. I'm like, oh, is the phone going to ring? You know, you have no idea. And you can't, like, text someone and say, waiting, wait, you know. Yeah. And I literally had to make myself busy and, you know, and I'm waiting to decide, you know, and I kind, I don't want to get on the plane and go, you know, I really want this thing. And then I feel bad if I canceled the last minute. Anyway, they called and said, you're not getting on the plane, which I was so excited. But like that, no one knows what it's like to feel anticipation anymore. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, but that's like, I mean, I, it's like arguing with weather. I mean, it's just the way the world is changing. I mean, I think that we, people of our age, our generation, have it really hard right now. What I kind of re- refer to in my mind as tweeners, where it's like, we have to, especially in our business, we have to be savvy enough to deal with all of these sort of new communication trends and new ways of living, right. but we're not from that world. Mm-hmm. So we're not right. old enough to be above it, and we're not young enough to sort of get it intuitively. We right. had to so go we, through the transition and yeah. relearn I constantly everything. feel okay, like the dad I'm rapping. older than you guys. But not much. That's I'm, true, I'm and yet... I'm 52. All, all right, of us well. had to read a paper map and deal without a cell phone here that's yes. all i'm saying and so i think that we aren't in a position i remember when the walkman came out so do so do i, I. remember when the remote control came out and rollerblades and we could go on and on i am the host you are the co-host i'm girlfriend. the fucking host okay so yeah i mean i remember answering machine i uh, yeah yeah the first 
I remember music videos. Uh, when I, I first heard about music me. videos, I thought they were like laser shows. I didn't realize oh, really? what they were. And uh, I thought, now, now you're going to tell me what I should be thinking about when I listen to the song. Huh. Like that's that it's distilling really, it into this one yeah. image. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I didn't like it at all because. You know, I watched, I love I watched music. MTV obsessively. I, I, I won I a car on a game show called Name no That way. Video. Yeah. What kind of car? A Toyota 4Runner, like an SUV. What What year? Uh, it was whatever current. It was would have been 2001. Wow. Yeah. I sold it back to Toyota. Saved my ass. I was like 22 grand in debt, and I sold the car for 24. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, it completely saved my ass. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I mean, I just would sit and watch MTV. All day, all day, and so yeah, you need to know about yeah, John Cougar Mellencamp videos. I'm I guy. spent Hell all yeah. of my twenties uh, and a lot of my early thirties in clubs, like every night. Oh, like yeah. I don't remember TV shows from. I like mean, literally comedy clubs. Comedy clubs. Oh, that's every... that's why I am with like the late nineties, like Friends, Seinfeld era. Right. Like I, I don't, don't know same. any of it. Mm, nothing. Yeah, I know nothing about it. Um, I know Seinfeld, but I never watched Friends. Um, okay. So, I want to know um, what is really right now. I know this is going to be really hard for you. What is pissing you off the most right now? Uh, there's so much. Um, I, I'm and pissed you have off. to be passionate about it. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll try to think right. of one Besides simple me. one. I I mean, other than myself, because that's that not really what you're talking about. But I I am pissed. At groupthink, uh, especially when it comes to our business, mm-hmm. where a meme sort of happens where people just decide that someone is funny. Right. And then all these unpaid bloggers who are just trying to act, they all just buy into like, oh, have we decided we like that person? Mm-hmm. And then they'll get into this circle jerk talking about how great this person is. And meanwhile, it's nothing against the person. They're just doing what they do. Right. Um, but a lot of them aren't very good, right. <laughs> you know. Uh, or whether they're good or not is almost independent of whether they're celebrated. Right. Because um, you've seen it happen with great people. Like Hannibal Burris mm-hmm. is somebody who like this sort of collective buzz just decided to happen. But he's fucking hilarious right. and mm-hmm. deserves it. Right. Yeah. And then there's other people. Like who, Bridesmaids, you know, the movie. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that deserved it. You know, and no, then there are other no. things. I no. want more. You're like Bridesmaids? Oh, I Oh, you're mentally differ. ill. That's crazy. I am not okay. mentally ill. Every, every woman in Lauren. it is wonderful, but... Crazy, crazy, Lauren, good movie. I want <laughs> Christian to um, continue. Continue, Christian. Go. I, but yes, I mean, and obviously, as we just saw, we all have a different idea of which are the undeserving things, you know. Um, but I just hate, you know, the way things are now. I, I think I'm still of the era where something being in print. It makes me take it seriously. And oh, somebody wrote this for a magazine, right, a right, masthead right. or whatever. That must mean that they know what they're talking about. Right. And, and now it's all it stringers. It. They're all yeah. just unpaid bloggers. Right. And all they, and they don't get paid. Like journalists do not get paid. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's even the term journalist. I mean, right. we still use it. But uh, most of the people that write articles for New York Magazine or Vulture right. or, or all of these blogs, that AV Club, all the sort of t- quote unquote taste mat, you know, back in the back in the day, there was like five gatekeepers. Carson right. was a gatekeeper. If you right. did Carson, you had a career. Now there are a thousand gatekeepers, right. but none of them can afford a gate. Right. <laughs> They're all just mm-hmm. right. And I it's like that. This collective yeah, that's a good one. buzz that right. happens, and and. 
you know, and maybe I wouldn't feel so bad if I didn't feel like I was one of those other people that they've just decided isn't important. Right. You know, and so that frustrates me sometimes. It's, a thing, it's that whole they thing. You know, mm-hmm. they. Like mm-hmm. my mother used to always say, oh, that's what they're wearing. I'm like, who's they? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who are they? It's yeah. like, it's it's very annoying where people have to decide, let other people decide you know, and I just feel like it's, so much of it is just laziness. It's pure laziness. Right. It's like this super collider of opinion happens where, like, oh, this is the comedian that we've all decided is good now. Right. I better write like, my right, article I'm about gonna them. I'm going to say something that will be a little controversial. No. Um, so you know the show at midnight. Yes. Now I feel like um, I don't. I don't understand it a lot because of because of my generate because mm-hmm. you yeah. know where I come from. So you know, it's very fast-paced, it's very loud. I get sort of this overload, sensory just, overload. Yeah, it's kind of just, coming at you. Right. And so but and I see people my age and older who are, you know, doing the hashtag and stuff like mm-hmm. that and I, I don't know. I just it's yeah. What? It's, what are you laughing at? They doing do the, hashtag, the hashtag. Doing the hashtag war thing. I will say specifically what I don't no, I like about that. And you know, and I I know a couple people who are you know EPs on that show, right. and they're good people. And I'd like to do it. At I want to do you know, it. And, yeah, but, I'd love to do it. But what I hate specifically <laughs> about the hashtag game is they just took that. That was something that existed on Twitter. It, absolutely, anyway. yeah, yeah. And those used to be really fun when somebody right. would come up with some funny hashtag, and then it would just sort of organically happen right. on its own. And then the show just said. Hey, we're going to just have that now. Well, <laughs> you, know, you know, and now it, no, no, there are no other hashtag games anymore. It's it, all, you know, they Hemda just sort of had a hashtag game before that that she right. called Hash It Out. And it was basically the same thing. Yeah, it's all. I mean, Everybody it's, was doing it, but like you said it's like earlier. When Jimmy Fallon takes, like, you know, oh, we now own ping pong or whatever. Or, and <laughs> right. or, or Glee yeah. owns your script. Exactly. Or, right, or, it's, or, or it's owns like, a song. Right. But you know. it's like, I feel like it's sort of the, the reason I think it bombards my senses is it. They automatically laugh at the cadence of whatever, and, yes. and a lot of it isn't funny. It's yes. just like, yeah. oh, insert laugh here. Yes, and I can't take that. I can't. Bridesmaids is annoying because why do women have to be like I'm in a shitting dress. and farting and doing all that shit to, to be funny? Like they, you know, but. I, I could not disagree more. Okay. I think they well, have to be shitting and Well, that's why you're not the farting. host. No. Okay. But the, the thing is, is that, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I don't get that. Like, and, I, you know, I'm really anal. I should be one of those continuity people. Speaking like, of I, shitting and farting. <laughs> I can, um, I will have no co-host uh, on my next podcast. I just Good want you to know that. Good to know. Uh, no, I feel like, um, you know, I see, you know, that they edit it. And uh, so the scores are always, you know, we can one always, person. Yeah. And also it's like, we just, can it, see behind the curtain right. and we can tell like, oh, that's canned laughter. That's right. a quick edit. Oh, someone is about to say something and now they're right. not. That must mean that that bombed. Right. <laughs> like, Which, yeah. So it's just always taking the, okay, that got a laugh. We'll put that in. We'll get, you know, you're right. instead of just, you know, maybe that's funny to some people and not funny. Like if you look at the old SNL skits, they're much longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not, they're not, la- some of it's serious. Some what happened? Mm. You know, I, I mean, this is where everything you're saying is completely true, but it is a completely this this fight ended a long time ago. Right? You know, we lost a long time ago. Well, I think it's also what what's happening in 
society in the news in the you know it's like we wanted a lot of goofy kind of yuck yuck humor in the early 90s when we were going through a recession and this like weird you know what i mean all this well there is a very uh now there's a little bit more of a i feel there's a little bit more of a um yeah but i think in the 70s but, you know all in the family maud you know the uh, mary tyler moore those are s- such well-written shows like all in the family you would never sell that but look at what well, look at the climate around then you know what i mean i feel like we were just heightened we were paying attention to different things we wanted different things and now we're we're, we're seeing isis and all this bullshit everything we just want a bunch of poop and fart jokes right now i don't know no, yeah i, I don't know i think I mean, everything I is don't. A, i think right. everything is a reaction to whatever preceded it it's like right. whatever my dad thinks is funny i don't and right. and, and i think that mean is not very popular right now mm-hmm. angry is not very popular like mm-hmm. everybody wants you know it was in the thousands smiles though. and right, we love everything because, and everything is awesome and things go, are they're cool afraid and, to be angry well i don't know if they're afraid mm-hmm. but i just think some things come in vogue and some things don't sometimes pants are bell bottoms sometimes they're you know uh tapered whatever you know right. it's like and everything is kind of reaction to what preceded it you i know? think the country is getting angry right now and that's what we want now I think you make me angry. I love you. Um, wow. This was very interesting, Christian. See, you know, not, you know, I, I bring things to a No, you don't. Dark no, Christian, what are you this fucking is a great conversation. About? Okay, yeah. I like this conversation. Oh, good. All right. Yeah, not everything has to be funny. That's the thing that I'm talking about. It's like, oh, so because uh, I'm a comedian, every fucking thing we talk about has to get a lot. No, I'm a person. I'm you interested are. in different things. By the way, I just looked at my phone and the fucking NQ is not working. You're kidding me. No. So now I'm going to have to take a... Uh, Kill me now. Eric, are you going to the Upper East Side? I'll be going with that. Eric. Oh, well, I'm going with you guys. No. Um, I'll be running behind Christian, the car. Christian, so yes, are you... What are, you're on what? I'm on Twitter. What is it? At Christ Finnegan. Now the Christ Finnegan. This Do is something you get shit because I get shit for at Judy Gold J E W D Y G O L. This was something when I first. I still ha, I'm still an AOL user uh, for the record. Uh, I, I just I have got Gmail. Off. But yeah. I, why? This is okay. This you know okay, why? You want to talk about something that pisses me off? Okay, this is something I wish we'd spent the entire time talking about. Because, hey, how you doing? Yeah. I got the story. I got the scoop. <laughs> because. First of all, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not a fucking sex offender. It's a fucking email platform. Get over it. They all do the same thing. AOL just copied everything fucking Gmail does anyway. There's nothing you can do in Gmail that you can't do in AOL. I have archived every email I've ever written that I can look up. Why should I change just to change? I don't think you should change. I had to change because I would go on AOL and all I would do was start reading Huffington Post. I had to do it because I wasted so much time reading the fucking news. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I have to send an email out. Oh, yeah, see, all so I, do is I had emails. to do that. Yeah. But it's, I just, I get annoyed by this sort of idea that like, oh, you're still an AOL. It's like, why, why would, what, what would be the, how would my life be better? It's like, right. yeah. And then I'd have to respond to every fucking email for a year that comes to my, oh, I'm not using this account anymore. Blizzard, right. blah, Gmail, whatever. There are why? automated responses. Yeah, I have You still have to check. You still have to check. Anyway. I, I think it, I think it's because uh, for a minute, right after Gmail came along, it was like better. Hotmail and AOL. I mean, they really were pieces of shit. And so it's yeah. become a hack but joke. But they copy everything. It's, it's like if, if some other restaurant started just selling Whoppers. 
Mm-hmm. Or selling Big Macs. Not something like the Big Mac. Literally mm-hmm. the Big Mac. Same sauce, same burger, same bread, everything. Why the fuck would it matter from whom you bought your Big Mac? Let me tell you, Big Daddy's, the restaurant, has the Big Mac Daddy. I used to work the Big there. Mac. It's a Big Mac. It, it, it's basically a Big Mac, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But, but better meat. But yes. Okay. But, oh, but at the time, you could only have a certain number of characters in your email address. I mean, that's how long right. ago this was, mid-90s or whatever. And Christian Finnegan was too long. And I didn't... So I, you became Christ Finnegan. I hate when people call me Chris, so... I said Christ. I know. That's why uh, I had to have Christ. I like I didn't it. want it to be Chris I think Finnegan. it's funny. But now, now it looks like I have delusions of grandeur, which no. is funny. Not really. I like it. Me too. You're a comedian. Thanks. They can go suck I'm my whole. phantom So you're cock. at Christ Finnegan... Yes. And then your ChristianFinnegan.com. You have a website. Yes, I have a... And I bet I can guess what your AOL email address is, <laughs> but I'm not... Now you know. Yeah. No, the cat's um, out of the bag. And you have a new show. Uh, I mean, a new cl- a new room that you... Yeah. Well, that's what you're talking wife. about, like what my wife and I fight about. I mean, it's all... About six months ago, we... I, it's our money. It's her space. That's the way I describe right. it to people. Um, it's called QED, and it's... Uh, we The sort of tagline is after school for grownups. Right. So it's like during the day, especially on the weekends, there's classes, juggling mm-hmm. classes, henna right. tattoo classes, screenwriting intensives, right. blah, blah, blah. Tonight, there's a drink and draw. Uh-huh. Um, and then at night, it's shows. A lot mm-hmm. of comedy, but also storytelling, music, poetry. That's great. Yeah. It's been really exciting, but it's, it's a just... a nice space. It's a grind, man. It's a, you know... Oh, please. Definitely. My of wife's course. working like 90 hours a week, and so she's just, you know, right. a raw nerve all the time. I'm really proud of her. I mean, she's really... The, the two of yeah. you have really turned that place around. It's... It, I mean, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous... Yeah, we're really, know, I'm really proud of you, and the two of you have really turned that place around. It's a really <laughs> gorgeous... Gorgeous. You're right, boss. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, you t- I really. You too. I know. You too. I really. I want to do. We want you to be there. there. We want you to be there. It's. Um. We're really. People who have have performed there. It, it's a really welcoming vibe. Like I do a like a monthly new material show. Right. There. I'm doing that. Yes. I want you to do it. And the comedians who've done it have found it to be very productive because it has a little bit of a crowd that seems to be, you know, not a huge crowd, but they come and it's a perfect environment to like work on shit. You right. Know? And no one's videotaping yeah. or recording. Exactly. It. I love so, that. So, yes, QED Astoria. It's called QED. And, what does uh, QED stand for? It stands for Quadrata Monstrandum. It is which, a nerd joke. You know, it's, it's a crossword puzzle clue because right? we're crossword puzzle dorks. Huh. But uh, it means that which has been demonstrated. Right. And we nice. kind of, since it's like showing and telling, it's like classes and shows, like demonstrations. Right. And then also sort of doubles as Queen's Ed. I like, gotcha. You know. Yeah. I gotcha. And it just has a nice little ring. Good luck with awesome. that, Thank Christ you. Finnegan. QEDAstoria.com. Please come. So fun. I know. Astoria is now like the cool place to be. It is. I, I know. You should move I, out here. You could get a. Yeah, I know. My kid goes to school in Manhattan. All right. <laughs> I I hate want- that. That's the other kill me now. We have to do one on the you shoulds. When people tell me, oh, you know what you should do? You know what you should do? Shut the fuck up. That's what you should do. I just want to be close to you. Uh, no, I have friends that are always like, you know, you should. Um, Christian. You should stop hanging out with those people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny the way he. Uh, yeah. 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 Christian, I, thank I did a you. thing. I did a thing. Thank you for being thank on you for, kill me thank now. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, we are on every week on the CBS Podcast Network. I don't even know. Whatever. Uh, I am Judy Gold. You can uh, tweet me at J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. <laughs> JudyGold.com. That's spelled the regular way. I'm on Facecock. I'm on the Instagram. 
uh, Christian Finnegan, where I hate, no, I don't, don't do even Instagram. Say. And I, I don't Christ even know Finnegan. how to do it. My, my son did it. I don't care about pictures. Lauren Hennessy, my kind of co-host, um, at Lauren Hennessy, at Judy's assistant. JW. Um, but, uh, we're just people and we're not our Twitter names. That's so true. You know, I am, I am not an emoji. Yeah, I am not. I'm Judy's assistant. That's right. And that's who you are. Uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. Hello. So